the the biggest you know i think problem of our time is 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 privacy privacy issues i think you know the issue of uh, protecting people's identity protecting people's uh uh you know um i would say intellectual personal intellectual property which which is kind of a, a term that i that i'm coined which is 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 everything that is you know dear and near to you that you've accumulated over over life as as sort of the details of who you are what you do what your what your interests are all those things that really defined who you are as as you know as a person i think those things have become obviously we all know it become kind of commoditized and in a, in a in a way that doesn't really respect or 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 bring the the true consent of people uh, and 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 their you know agreement to have that information commercialized. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. We seem to be in a societal tug of war about privacy. Facebook CEO famously augured that people would happily give up their privacy on his social network. Financial apps like Venmo create a public data exhaust on individual payment history. On the other hand, initiatives abound in financial services to ensure privacy is upheld and comes first before anything. So which is it? Do people really care about privacy? Yuval Brisker believes privacy is the issue of our age. The three-time entrepreneur is back in the founder chair with his newest company, Mezu. It's the first mobile payment app that allows users to keep their ID and spending habits private. It doesn't use blockchain, and it's just like a smarter version of cash. Yuval Brisker is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Hi, well, my name is Yuval Brisker, and I'm the CEO of Mezu. Mezu is uh, the first uh, payment app that actually you know provides privacy in payments um, and I've my background is uh, I was an architect uh, by education but moved into technology in the mid 90s uh, moved into enterprise software uh, built a company in here in Cleveland Ohio where I live uh, and called Toa Technologies and I sold it to Oracle in uh, 2014 and I've always been a problem solver you know somebody who sees you know things that you know annoy me in the world <laughs> or, or or that I think you know need to have uh, evolution and change and and you know think that I'm the guy who's gonna make change for something that you know bothers me so I've really always uh, uh, done that and from that I've, I've started three companies and this is my third um, and, so, so uh, what problem what problem are you solving with Mezu? the the biggest you know I think problem of our time is 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 privacy privacy issues i think you know the issue of uh, protecting people's identity protecting people's uh uh you know um i would say intellectual personal intellectual property which which is kind of a, a term that i that i'm coined which is 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 everything that is you know dear and near to you that you've accumulated over over life as, as sort of the details of who you are, what you do, what your what your interests are, all those things that really defined who you are as, as you know as a person. I think those things have become obviously we all know it become kind of commoditized and in a in a in a way that doesn't really respect or 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 bring the the true consent of people uh, and 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 their you know agreement to have that information commercialized. So Mezu is the first app to, first money app that's built around privacy and built to protect your privacy and not to share, sell, or trade your personal information with anyone. Uh, um, and not just, you know, consensually, but we don't do it. And, uh, and, and we, we developed not just a, a philosophy around it and a, and a, um, 
you know, a, a, a privacy policy that's kind of the legal documents, but we built a technology to, you know, to do that. Uh, and so that you can actually give and get money without having to share any of your personal information. Um, and uh, as uh, uh, yesterday, Inc. Magazine said that we're the fantasy of fintech, that the idea that you could actually, you know, give and get money without having to actually expose your identity, if you so choose. Meaning, our application allows you to have choice in the way that you actually uh, expose your, your personal information, your identity, your, your, your transactional information, et cetera. And that's, I think, a very unique thing in this, in, in this day and age. And it's a, it's a harbinger, in my mind, of things to come. So, so it's definitely unique, and it and it's sort of obviously privacy with with all the f Facebook shenanigans and stuff like that is 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 a hot button issue, but it does sort of go countercurrent to say you know the the trend that Venmo um, sort of brought to the market, which was you know sh sharing of of transaction information. Um, are, do people care about privacy? I mean, I think they care about. I guess privacy. Care, yeah, care enough to like make changes in their lives, right? Uh, I think that it's that that it's an educational process, and it, it's an emerging sort of uh, awareness that's happening today. And I think more and more people do care about privacy and do you know want. I, I think the biggest question is you know what can I do? I mean, I've talked to many people about this issue, and and you're absolutely right. Some you right, know, you feel like powerless, I guess. Yeah, I mean, do you do you? Um, you know, really care enough to do something. I think that the, the question is more like, you know, do people know that they can do something? I, you know, the people I talk to say, well, you know, uh, well, I can't do much about privacy. You know, it's, it's already gone. I, I've lost it. And I say, yeah, maybe in, when you look, you know, in, in sort of in arrears and, and kind of look into the past, yeah, you've lost a lot of it. But, but the question of, you know, is that most people feel helpless that they don't know what they can do and they don't know how they can protect themselves. So our, our mission and our job is to, you know, is to educate, not just, you know, advocate. And, and, uh, and so that's what we're doing. And I think that ultimately people, yeah, it goes against the trend of social, of a social sharing of, uh, of, of information. But I think there's a lot of change in that. I mean, the, the, the Facebook thing is not a, you know, a trivial uh, event. And I think that if you, you know, look at the, the, you know, the impact of it long term, I think there's going to be a whole wave, and I think we're already seeing it, a whole wave of, of, of technology that will respond to it. And I think we're in the first of that wave. So I call us, you know, um, first generation, uh, third generation uh, financial app because we are, we, we are bringing something completely new to market. Number one, the idea that you do not have to share your personal information to give and get money easily, conveniently. We can give you the control that you want over, your, you know, over what you actually want to share. And that to me is the key question. You know. How do you respond to helplessness? You say, you, here, you can have control. And people respond to that very, very uh, you know, positively. So I'd say you know, the three, areas that we look at in terms of financial independence, I would say, in terms of, uh, of, of what, you, what you can and should be able to do with a financial app like ours is, number one, that you can have control over what you share and what you don't share. I would say it's kind of funny that, you know, that, that, that people are a lot more attuned to privacy and communications, Telegram, Signal, you know, the, the, the apps that protect your but but a lot of a lot of the communications that people protect are pretty mundane, you know. 
Uh, whereas right, it's like chatting with friends and, and, they're, and they're not concerned with the payments piece. Right. I mean, I find it, you know, and, and what are the chatting with friends? I mean, I'll say even, even to the most extreme chat, you know, like, you know, sexting or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, let's face it, there's 7 billion people on the planet that are pretty much doing the same thing. But actual ownership of, 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 of property and the value of what's in your bank account and what you actually spend your money on, it just as much, you know, if not more in my mind, uh, private and personal things. So I'm, a, I'm an anti-Venmo kind of guy. I mean, I just don't understand it. And I think a lot of people scratch their heads. Yes, there was a surge and, and, and they're doing very well. You can't argue with success. But, but I think that over time, you know, there's, there's going to be, you know, a backlash against it. And there are going to be options and, and, op and alternatives to the Venmo approach. And we're going to be it. And we are it, actually. Meaning we're providing kind of the signal or telegram of, of uh, payments. And just like, you know, telegram has been obviously enormously success successful because, you know, the rise of awareness that, that should be a way to protect your your communications in a private and encrypted way, we're saying the same thing about payments. So before we jump into, I guess, how, how you do that, um, I'm just curious from your perspective, you said you're an anti-Venmo guy. Is Venmo safe for privacy? I, no, it isn't. I mean, you, they, they say it in their privacy policy very clearly. You know, I always quote the privacy policy. You, you, we, we can, you know, you, everything that you do on Venmo is searchable. And they don't, they tell you very clearly in their privacy policy that, you know, whether you're a user or not, by the way, your information might show up on the web. Um, you know, I, I always read that privacy policy to people because I think it's important and it's, it's foundational to what they do. I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm an anti-Venmo. I'm not saying that they're, they're a bad business or that they're, you know, or they're bad people or, 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 or it's a choice thing. And I think providing choice in the marketplace is the key to competition. And, and so, you know, if you're, at, if you're feeling helpless about what you can do with, with privacy and how you can protect your privacy, well, you know, and, and for you, the idea of privacy first is something that you feel attached to and, and, and it's important for you, then you, you, we provide an alternative and we, we provide choice. And by the way, we provide it without having to give up any of the capabilities that Venmo actually offers, meaning, you know, I call Venmo and, you know, and other apps like Venmo uh, virtual checks, meaning you write a check to someone and you send them money. You do it virtually over the, obviously over the net and uh, using the sort of the digital, you know, sphere, but you're basically providing a, a, a virtual check and you- Meaning you, you know the write, recipient, right? You have to know the recipient. So you're writing a check. You're not providing an alternative to actually the, the, the sort of the broad definition of money. You're writing a check to someone. We provide, you know, we provide that capability, but a lot, lot more. Meaning, we provide the ability to write a virtual check. So, of course, we've got that boss box checked. You, no pun intended. Um, meaning, you can still send to somebody you know, using your contacts or you know a phone number or, or, or some kind of handle to somebody that you know. But we also provide a way for you to give and get money without you know, having to share that information, both pers in person and remotely, meaning the, the ability to use money just like you would use cash. I mean, cash, the very definition of cash, which is the foundation of money, is that, you know, that it's anonymous and that it's private 
and that it's not trackable and that it's, you know, and that it's versatile and that it's, you know, portable and that it's, it's valuable in every country, in, in especially, you know, when you're talking about the dollar. So those definitions of, of money and specifically the foundation of money, which is cash, don't exist in today's payment apps, except for in Mezu. That's why we call Mezu, Mezu because it's actually the first two syllables of the word mezuman in Hebrew. And, you know, and because I view it as, you know, we, we need an alternative to cash that's not just a cryptocurrency, that, that allows for all that kind of level of portability and, and anonymity and, you know, a protection of personal privacy that kind of the cryptos have gone into, but they've created a very unstable, unstable kind of environment. And thus people cannot actually use it other than as, as an asset um, and as a tradable asset, um, but not in your day-to-day -day life. You know, it's very difficult to look at something that has the instability or has the, at least the, the air of instability as the, the cryptocurrencies have. And obviously the multiplicity, because how do you choose which one you actually want to trade in? Um, I so, believe in the governmental currencies, in, the, in sort of the, the, the official currencies, but they need to evolve. So can you take us through, I guess, verbally, um, how, how the app works? You described it sort of like the, the, the aim of the app, but can you just talk about, I guess, the mechanics of how somebody would um, give money to someone else that they don't recognize and they want to keep their privacy? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the app creates a, an encrypted code for every transaction, meaning if you want to transact with somebody else, you basically say you, you could, you know, you can input the sum that you want to actually exchange. And the minute you do, the app creates, uh, uh, has, has what we call a give screen. And that give allows you to basically choose uh, the, the amount that you want to give. And it creates a one-time self-destructing, <laughs> like Mission Impossible, code that is valid for two minutes or if you want to extend it to 24 hours, and you can use that code to give to somebody, you give the code, and that code encapsulates the, the value of the transaction. And the minute the other person puts the code into their, into their app, that money is instantly, that value is instantly transferred from one person to another. So the base of the technology, which is, uh, which is actually patent pending, uh, is, a, is, is, is an encrypted code. So it's not that far away from the concepts, some of the concepts of cryptography uh, and cryptocurrencies, but it's actually working within the sort of fiat environment and, and, it, and it allows two people to exchange that code and in that context exchange value. Interesting. And, and I guess philosophically, do you see us moving to a society and, and we see data in different, you know, different directions, but moving to like a paperless cash society? Absolutely. I mean, I think that, that ultimately, you know, you know, it always reminds me of the, of the, the, the revolution of mobility and mobile communications. The, the initial, you know, sort of, uh, um, you know, steps in mobile communications were done mostly with the affluent who could afford the phones and so on and so forth. But technology by its very nature, obviously, is all about the mass production of, of things. And, and as, as things go from, you know, from initial innovative sort of, you know, adopters to sort of the, 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 the majority, you know, crossing the chasm kind of language. Um, 
the 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 adoption is going to be mass and part of it is that it, that it's what's interesting about you know look, for example mobile communications is that that in societies that didn't have an infrastructure for example for um you know for telecommunications hard coded hardwired you know plain old telephone systems they jumped right into mo mobile communications and into cell phones and so on and so forth. And that's where they had the huge adoption, you know, like in Africa and in, in, in South America and in China, where, you know, the masses adopted, where there was less infrastructure in, in sort of the traditional hundred-year-old phone systems. I think this is very similar in that, you know, right now we're kind of in the early stages where it's mostly adopted by people who can afford you know, afford it, but I think it's also, we're seeing, you know, you know, bits and pieces of it happening, you know, definitely, you know, in Africa, you've seen some real, you know, advances in cashless society kind of things, and also in China. And so I think the, those are really indicators of where everything is going to go within, and, and then you see it in Sweden, right? You see kind of that push towards a cashless society. So when you look at the both ends of sort of, you know, the economic, uh, the economic world and and people's uh, abilities and you kind of see it it's like a tunnel you know it's a you know you start from two sides and you meet in the middle and by the time you meet in the middle you're you know everybody's going to be using you know there'll be a cashless society i'm not saying that cash will you know paper cash will, will completely go away but i think i'm a really good indicator you know i'm a person who doesn't like the inconvenience of cash <laughs> i like aspects of cash but I don't, you know, which is, you know, the immediacy of it, the ability to kind of transfer money without knowing who that person is. Like if you're paying somebody in a farmer's market or you're, you know, you're, you're buying something in a yard sale or, you know, or, or tipping somebody or, you know, paying, paying somebody who's doing handiwork for, I mean, there's all these transactions that people do in our world, you know, in, in sort of the, I would call it the, the sort of the affluent world of the United States and Europe, the way you actually, you know, basically, uh, you know, give give money to some people who might uh, you might not know. I think that's one element, and and there you need something that's very convenient and immediate. Um, but I think we can provide that, and that's what we've done. By the way, we've created something that's immediate, quick, uh, and and you know, and not dependent on the other person. By the way, having the app, you can actually give money initially to somebody who doesn't have the app. But to do it without actually having to exchange any contact information, and I think that that com that to me was is is the it's it's the sort of gating item that will allow you know us to let go of cash because the minute you can actually have versatility in the many ways to pay, then you're talking about the you know something that provides the foundations for seeing cash go away. Interesting, and in the. We have time for one last question. I'm just kind of curious um, if you can give us a little view into the product pipeline, what you're comfortable sharing, obviously, uh, what we should come to expect from Mezu over, over the next, say, nine months. Uh, we, we're, you know, our vision is, to prov is, is ultimately to create uh, an indispensable money app. And I'm not just saying cash app or, you know, or check app or credit card app. I'm saying sort of an indispensable platform that allows you to do anything you want to do, meaning the, 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 the mission for the company is that, you know, to provide, you know, technology to, to let you pay anywhere to anyone for anything, basically. That's, that's really the vision. And 
when I look at the, uh, at, at the roadmap for us, it's really about being able to provide that kind of you know, flexibility and versatility, meaning the, the, the ability to use a card if you want, to send to somebody to their, to a sort of anonymous um, uh, box, um, and ultimately to have choice. So in the next six months, you're gonna see us uh, launch a card, which will be in line with our, with our um, you know, privacy approach. So it will allow you to actually uh, use a, a debit card in a private way. Um, it, you'll see us um, launch in Canada and, uh, and, and start going across border. So that's another element in our vision, which is, is obviously portability. So it's versatility and portability. And you'll see us uh, um, um, expand the, the ability to actually give money uh, anonymously in multiple ways. Um, and, and that's about as much as I can talk about. Well, it's been great talking to you. I feel like I, we could talk all day. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. Great talking to you.